You're listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines. Each week we have one notable guest and I delve into their lives like a pair of scissors delving into a jar of pickled eggs. It makes sense once you've listened to the show. I'm Samantha Baines and this week my special guest was Luke Pickleboy Malloy, who's a comedy promoter who's promoted gigs and comedy for Just the Tonic in Nottingham, in Manchester, in Adelaide, in Australia and in London as well. And we talked about his brand new show along with his love of S Club 7 and he helped me taste a pickled egg for the very first time. Now this was all recorded on Hoxton Radio. I'm standing outside now in the glorious sunshine. Enjoy the show. It's time for Baines Plus One with Samantha Baines on Hoxton Radio. Hello, I'm back. Yes, I am. It's me, Samantha Baines. It's time for Baines Plus One on Hoxton Radio. I'm back from the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. I've been away for so long, I feel like I've forgotten how to do this, but it's glorious. We're in a new studio in Hoxton. Uh, Hoxton Radio, it's very lovely. It's all white. We're so clean and fresh. Where have I been? I've been at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in Scotland. I've been in a different country for a whole month, doing my show every day for 26 or 7 days. It's it's become a blur. It was a wonderful experience. Baines Plus One, Hoxton Radio. So, I've been away at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival for the whole of August, and then I had like a week off. And I I said I told you I was going to tell you how many dates I sold out before that song. I sold out every day. <gasps> Can you believe it? I don't know who came. I mean, thank you if you're listening and you did come. <laughs> Um, 28 days in a row my show sold out thank you so much so weird lovely people and we added two extra shows and they sold out as well (gasps) and I got four and five star reviews (gasps) it was too much guys I didn't expect this I didn't think people would like my science brand of comedy but I had I had a lot of fun I went out drinking I hung out with some brilliant people Felicity Ward who we had on the show before Edinburgh saw her we went did karaoke together (laughs) Karaoke with comedians is probably the best thing ever. But what are my top Edinburgh recommendations? Well, lots of shows that are on in the Edinburgh Fringe, they come over to London and they go on in the Soho Theatre and Museum of Comedy as well down in Holborn. So if you want to check some out, I would recommend Richard Gadd. He's absolutely amazing. Did a very different show this year where he's like running on a treadmill. People were raving about it. There are massive queues to get in. Definitely go and see that. Uh, Jade Adams, she's a very good friend of mine. She's a Funny Women finalist. She was nominated for Best Newcomer. It was her first show this year. She's brilliant. She sings. She does comedy. And she wears a lycra nude bodysuit. What wouldn't you love? Kieran Hodgson is another recommendation. He did a brilliant show Last year, I think it was, and he was nominated for Best Newcomer. This year, he was nominated, I think, for Best Show. It's very good. It's called Maestro, and he does character comedy. So those are my three top tips for you to check out in London from the Edinburgh Festival. You could also, obviously, check out my show. um, Because did I mention it? It sold out every day and got four and five-star reviews. Thank you. My show is on at the Museum of Comedy in Holborn in November on the 10th and 11th. 
Yeah. And now I'm kind of keeping this sort of Edinburgh vibe of comedy going uh, with my guest today. We've got uh, Luke Malloy of, of of The Pickle Boy is his um, nickname. Yeah. He's coming in the studio. He's going to be here very, very soon. I'm very excited. He's a comedy promoter. He's setting up a new night in London. He's promoted gigs all over the UK. We're going to get top tips on how to set up your own comedy night and who the best comedians are. We're going to see if there's any gossip. Baines Plus One. It is me, Samantha Baines, on Baines Plus One. My special guest is here. Yay! Let me give you a tension-inducing introduction. His name is Luke, the Pickle Boy Malloy. He's not always been the Pickle Boy. He comes from the unassuming Isle of Sheppey. Oh, let's chat about that. After spending his high school years training and becoming a UK weightlifting champion, hello, he moved to Nottingham for university and began his love affair with comedy. He spent a lot of nights in sweaty clubs and back rooms doing various odd jobs and watching his favourite stand-ups, both fledgling and established, and cemented a love of comedy and its unpredictable, addictive nature Please welcome Luke Malloy. Hello. There he is, his dulcet tones. Luke, how are you? I'm very good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. Do you want to tell everyone where we know each other from? We know each other from the Edinburgh French. <gasps> Just the tonic at the caves, I believe. Yeah, there's a theme going throughout my show. Now I'm back from Edinburgh. I just can't stop talking about Edinburgh. Um, did you enjoy the Edinburgh Fringe of yesteryear when we met? I did. I had a great time. Because what were you doing? You were working for Just the Tonic. I was. I was kind of booking the comedy shows, promoting all the shows, getting all the flyering teams together, uh, making sure things are going well, staff are happy, etc. Drinking, late night. Drinking a yeah. lot, yeah. It's part of it, isn't it? A yeah, big part of it. So how are you? What have you been up to? Uh, since getting back from the Fringe, it's been doing a lot of Pickle Boy stuff, really. It's launching next week, so... So this is your new night. This is it, yeah. It's Pickle Boy. We're going to be talking about this. I'm very excited. Now, we have to mention that you have an excellent beard. Thank you. I mean, it is Hoxton Radio, so thank you for dressing appropriately <laughs> and growing a beard. How long has this taken you to grow, this beard? I would say... I've had a beard for ages, but this is the longest it's been. I'd say I'd give it a good six months. Six months. Maybe, yeah, five, six months. And it's, it's sort of, what would you say, about four inches beard length? We've taken a photo and we're definitely going to tweet it. And if you want to keep updated throughout the show of photos and the things that we're talking about, just head over to Twitter, at Samantha Baines, B-A-I-N-E-S, and at Hoxton Radio as well. Do you have one, Luke? On Twitter? Yeah. Uh, at the moment, it's got Pickle Boy Comedy. There you go. That's it. You'll retweet all of our stuff, won't you? Absolutely. Because we have tweeted a picture of your beard. So what are we saying? Four inches? I'll go for four inches. <laughs> if anyone's tuned in right now, uh, we're talking about beard length. Nothing naughty. Um, any top uh, beard grooming tips? Um, sometimes I use beard oil. Yes, I've been told that that's good. Yeah. For the growth. I don't know about the growth. It gives it a nice shine, though. It okay. softens it up a little bit. Well, apparently, when your beard dries out, when it gets a bit long, when it gets itchy, that's because it's dry, and right. then you have to use beard oil to moisturise. Okay. Did you know that? Did not know that. Do you brush it? Occasionally. I've got a little beard comb that I carry <gasps> around. Do you not have it with, with you? Oh. It's in my jeans. I'm sorry. I wanted to see it. Okay. Baines plus one. That is right. You're listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines, and my special guest, Luke Pickleboy Malloy. Hello. I mean, we're going to be talking about that. Pickleboy. 
No. Let's save it. Now it's time for the quick fire round. How do you feel about that, Luke? I'm super excited. Are you? Yeah. Have you been in a quick fire situation previously? No, this is my first time. Okay. Well, good luck. I'm going to do intense eyes at you. Okay, let's do this. To help the quick fire nature. Okay, here we go. Two options. You have to give me your favourite. Quick fire round, Luke Malloy. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Facebook or Twitter? Facebook. Cats or dogs? Cats. Just the tonic in Nottingham or Edinburgh? Edinburgh. Early bed or night owl? Night owl. Australia or UK? Australia. Flip-flops or thongs? Flip-flops. Car or train? Train. Edinburgh or Adelaide Fringe? Edinburgh. Pen or pencil? Pencil. Half empty or half full? Half full. Tim Tams or penguins? Tim Tams. <gasps> TV or radio? Radio. Ketchup in the cupboard or in the fridge? Cupboard. Wow, okay. Kangaroos or koalas? Kangaroos. Adventurous or cautious? Adventurous. Jaffa cakes, cakes or biscuits? Cakes. Pickled eggs or boiled eggs? Pickled eggs. You passed. Yes. Pickled eggs. Now, first of all, we need to talk about ketchup in the cupboard. Why? I just don't think it belongs in the fridge. There's not enough room in the fridge. I mean, high frickin' five. Yeah. Am I right? It's not for the fridge, people. This is a point of contention. And a lot of people come in and they're like, mm, in the fridge? How could you put it in the cupboard? No. Always in the cupboard. Isn't it weird if you have cold ketchup, like with a hot thing? I've never had it. It's so weird. I mean, you're my new favourite guest. Brilliant. Thank you. Also, what's going on with pickled eggs? You've got to tell us about this. What's not happening with pickled eggs? What is your obsession with pickled eggs? I, I don't think it's an obsession. I think the eggs found me. Um, <laughs> just started, started off in a pub, the Cock Tavern. Have you yeah, ever been there? Great name. Great name, the Cock. No, where is it? It's on Mare Street, just around the corner from Hackney Central and Hackney we love Empire. that, nearby. Very close. So you were working there? I was working there. Uh, it's very much a craft beer pub, but I didn't know anything about beer at the time. And they had a sneaky little jar of eggs in the corner. And you knew everything about eggs. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, so I just started selling the eggs, and then the eggs got more and more popular. And then we ended up with like a full range of like nine different flavour eggs. Really? And then would, we started selling, like I was going to say, swear that. We started selling loads of eggs, basically. Uh, won the egg award. And now we're just known for eggs. You won the egg award? To be what fair, is that? The award didn't exist until okay. I came along. Okay. But because of my good work and good efforts, the award was created. That's, they invented an award for you. Yeah, who knew? They couldn't, they didn't have enough room to award you before. So they created a special category, the egg award. It's pretty special. So why did you start selling eggs? Was it just for fun? Was it a silly thing to begin with? Yeah, and it still is a silly thing. But it's just got out of hand, like it's just grown and grown. So what would, how would, what's your egg selling patter? So say I came up and I was like, oh, can I have a pint, mate, please? I'd say, would you like an egg with that? And then we got all the eggs on the, uh, on the counter. So they're quite distracting anyway. A lot of people come in and look at the eggs straight away. And they're like, what's that? And then I shoot through the flavours, play little like tunes on top of the jars. Oh, like they were bongos. Like they were bongos. Like egg bongos. Essentially, egg bongos. Wow, what sort of tune would, was your favourite? What was the best selling tune egg tune yeah what's the egg tune what's the eggy tune well it's all it's, it's more like rhythms I guess it's not yeah. I can't actually do, it do on a the song. desk let's hear it all right Come on. ready sell me an egg okay so there's not really egg. that much rhythm to no, it no not really but it, I, I would imagine that when you were tapping jars of eggs that would be very compelling because all the jars have different sounds you know depending on how full they oh, are okay so that makes more sense rather than just on a table I see. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I just provided you with word in that situation. That's fine. 
What makes you angry, Luke? Incompetence. Incompetence? Yeah. Within the egg industry or...? Yeah, within the egg industry. What, what incompetent things have people done in comedy promoting previously that have annoyed you? Uh, just bad promoting, really, I guess. Bad, what, what makes bad promoting? Tell us, let us in. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to blame, like, promotion. Sometimes if a show's bad, then it's difficult to promote anyway. Yeah. But, I mean, if there's a good show and you go in and there's only, like, two, three people in there, that makes me really sad because you can easily get more people in. Do you think, so do you think that's bad on the promoter? <laughs> can be, yeah. I mean, flyering is a big part. You've got to be, like, a persuasive seller. That helps. Mm. And if you're an act that, you know, believes in yourself and you can go out and convince other people to come and see your show, that definitely helps. But... Yeah, if you're, you know, if you haven't got the right team around you to support you and get the people in, it's difficult. Oh, oh my gosh, we're going to talk so much more about this because I want your top promoting tips for anyone who's trying to set up a night. What's the one thing you couldn't live without? Uh, probably the eggs now, to be honest. Okay. I'll just be an empty shell. Fair enough. What was your award? I love the pun there, sorry. Yeah, good. Um, I didn't mean to scoot right past it. Yeah. Uh, an empty shell of a man. Exactly. Pickled eggs, though, they don't have shells because the shells have been removed before they've been pickled, surely. Correct. Okay. What, what's the one thing you couldn't live without is eggs? Yeah. Pickled, pickled or just eggs. all sorts? All sorts. What's your favourite pickled egg flavour? At the moment, it is the Scotch bonnet flavour. What is that? It's fiery. It's good. It's, well, it's pickled with Scotch bonnets, so... I don't know what that is. You keep saying that like it's a, it's a thing. It's a chili. Chili, yeah. It's From Scotland. Yeah, I guess so. I don't no. know. I don't know the, the history Scotch. of Scotch bonnet. From the alcohol. You don't know. I'm... We'll Google it. What's your biggest guilty pleasure? Um You're getting really stressed out, Luke, I'm by these really questions. Out. I don't know. Comedy promoters don't like revealing a lot about their personalities. See comedians coming on, they'd be like straight away, reveal, overshare. Sorry, yeah. But they're used to it. They're on stage every night and you know, yeah. giving a lot of themselves. But you wanted to come on the show to promote your gig, so you're going to have to answer what was your biggest guilty pleasure. It was probably S Club 7. <gasps> it was the back in the day. Yes! Which right. song? Bring the House Down. Bring the House Down. Bring the House Down. Do, 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 do. do you know it? No, I'm I sure don't think I do. All I can think of is bring it on back to you. And that's the classic. Don't stop falling in love. Bring the house down. It was, I think it was track seven on the first album. Wow, that is <laughs> excellent. I know, that is a secret not S many people Club know about Knowledge. Me. Do you have any other S Club trivia? Not at the moment, no. Who is your favourite? Tina. Wow, straight in with that. I Why know. Tina? Because everyone likes Rachel. Yeah. And I mean, among men. I yeah. just thought, you know, Tina, if, if it was out the choices, she would be the most available. And she was nice. I think she was the most available. Well, you know, she's not everyone's top pick. Or as in all the all the fellas would flock to Rachel and you'd be like, hang on. I can get in there pretty easily with Tina. She's looking a bit desperate. That's harsh on Tina. No, she you know, she was just underrated. She she had it going on. Underrated. The overlooked S Club member. Who was your favourite boy? Bradley. Bradley. He did the little rap. He did do the rap. He was good at the rapping. Yeah, he was quite a good singer as well. I recently, they reunited, didn't they, for Comic Relief or something? And I feel like Bradley still had it and the others were lagging. Right. I didn't watch it, unfortunately. Oh. Well, Joe's racist now, isn't she? Because she was on Celebrity Big Brother and it all went wrong. 
You know a lot about this, don't you? <laughs> I know a lot about them post S Club 7. You know a lot about them during S Club 7. What was it, track seven of the first album? I believe so. I'm going to go home and listen. Baines <laughs> <laughs> Plus One, Hoxton Radio. It's Baines Plus One on Hoxton Radio with me, Samantha Baines, and... Luke Malloy. He was so good he said his name on cue. <laughs> Congrats, Luke. Thank you. Um, hello to Rowena. Thanks for listening. If you're listening and you want to ask any questions or you want to tweet us during the show, please do. It's at Samantha Baines, B-A-I-N-E-S, and at Hoxton Radio as well. You can also Facebook me, facebook.com forward slash Samantha Baines. Um, we're tweeting pictures of Luke's beard and things like that. So um, now, Luke Malloy, Luke Pickleboy Malloy, it's time for interview proper. Okay, I'm How ready. How do you feel? Excited. <laughs> um, so, interview proper. Now, we have to talk about your past. Okay. Because you've gone from chef to flyboy to production manager and booker, and now you're booking gigs with famous comedians that we will have seen on the telly. But you originally did weightlifting. I did. It's true. Tell me more. Weren't you, like, UK, were you some sort of... Champion, competitor, weightlifting. Great British schoolboy champion. Great, is that what it's called? Well, Great Britain schoolboy champion, yeah. When great I was 15. Britain schoolboy champion of weightlifting. Yeah. Wow. So it was for the under 16 category. So I trained between the ages 12, 15, won it when I was 15, and then I was like, I don't really want to lift weights forever, so I quit. Oh. Where it could have gone on and, you know, I was going to get on the like, Olympic team and stuff like that. So were you a really beefy 15-year-old? No, people keep thinking this. Because um, you're, like, now, you're, you've got good tone, let's say, but yeah. you're not, like, a henchman. No, it was kind of exactly the same as this, really. It was more about speed and technique. <gasps> That's what people don't know. Are those are the top tips. <laughs> That's top tips. Weightlifting about speed and technique. Because do you have you have a famous um, you're coaching a famous comedian now, aren't you? Well, it's in discussion about coaching. Yeah, he's started doing his clean and jerk and snatches, um, but struggling with the technique. So I've been going to go down and help him. He's rectify. doing his what? Jerk and snatches. Clean and jerk. That's one of the lifts. I mean, that sounds filthy. It's a tough one. <laughs> Um, especially with the jerks. And then the snatches is also a really tough lift and technique is essential. And you who could is this comedian? Yourself. I don't know if I want to name him. Oh, All right, can it's Joel I name it? Okay, it's Joel Domit <laughs> from the telly. So you're going to be teaching him weightlifting. I love this. This could be, be a new comedy thing for you. You reckon? Wait, the weightlifting diaries. Yeah, I don't know if many comedians train. They're mostly drinking and partying, aren't they? Yeah. But maybe I could start it. My own you could train me. Comedian weightlifting team. Yeah. Would you like to be involved? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm very, I'm not strong at all. Sure. I have very weak we limbs. Could, we could start on a broom, a broom handle. Oh, I could do that. Yeah, great. Is that, what, is that what you should start on if you're dreaming of weightlifting? Just to get the technique, I would say yes. Okay, but then you need to start adding weights. You, you do, yeah, <laughs> inevitably. So what, what weight could you lift when you were 15? Impress us. Um, well, I had a snatch of 77 kilos. And a cleaning <laughs> jerk of 95 kilos. You had a snatch of 77 kilos. Yes. Again, this is weightlifting. This is not <laughs> health. No. My snatch is not 77 kilos. Again, this is weightlifting. <laughs> <laughs> no. That, that's probably impressive. It is. How, what is, it, is that like a person? Is that like the weight of a person? Yeah. Yeah, I weigh 50, 60 kilos now, I reckon. So oh, they're still wow. heavier than me. So that's heavier than a person. Yeah, totally. That's 
At 15? It was mad. Like my. Did you ever try and lift your parents? No. I mean, my mum spent a lot of time on the sofa, so sometimes I'll pick her up just for funds. Um, <laughs> that was it. I never picked my dad up. I should have done. We're finding out so much about your life. S Club 7, picking up your parents. Um, so tell us about comedy. Okay. So you started off working at Just The Tonic? I did, yeah. I started off working in the kitchen there. <laughs> I turned out to be a chef. Um, there's that amazing ad for Gumtree at the moment. There are other sites available where there's that boy who's like, oh, a kitchen job, that could lead to me being a chef and setting up my own business. And kind of, it was a different route for you. Yeah, it was really bizarre. Do you know Charlotte Austin? Yes. She was Daryl Martin's PA at the time. Um, so and she now is a, an agent for comedians, she for those is. who don't know. Catface talent. Yeah. Um, so I was pretending to be a chef in this cafe, essentially, in Nottingham. And then Daryl... Can you cook? Not really, no. Okay. I was just pretending. Um, getting away with it. Good pretending. And then Daryl was opening up his new club. They needed a chef for the kitchen. And Charlotte was like, oh, my friend Luke's a chef. And then within three months of pretending to be a chef, I was then a head chef in a comedy club, which was great. And then I just employed my friends. We just made pizzas, got drunk and watched comedy. Every weekend it was brilliant. That sounds wonderful. It was awesome. How did you move from cooking pizzas to booking the comedians? Yeah, that was a long process. Um, I guess it just turned out, like, you know, flyer in, doing those little jobs, and then just helping Daryl more and more and more, and then until I started basically doing his job. Not doing his job, but, you know, doing a lot of work. So this is Daryl who runs Just The Tonic, which are comedy clubs across the UK and mainly in Nottingham. He's opened up a lot now. He's got one in Camden. Yeah. In the comedy life. He's Ooh, right. he hasn't booked me yet. Has I'll, he not? I'll email him. So <laughs> so now you, you've you worked in Australia as well? I did. I've been there twice. Um, well, yeah, this year we did a tour. We had like five to six different shows we produced at Perth, Adelaide and Melbourne, which was pretty amazing. So how do you go about producing comedy? What would you say your job is, essentially? As a producer? Yeah. I guess it's finding a show that you believe in and making it into a package that you can then sell to you know audiences across the cities, wherever you go. And do you think it's important to have a knowledge of comedy? Do you think that all those nights making pizzas and watching comedians was kind of your training ground? I think so, yeah. Well, especially, I mean, because fringe shows and stand-up shows tend to be slightly different. You can have a fringe show that's not straight stand-up. Uh, but watching all the different comedians, I've watched hundreds and hundreds of comedians, I think that definitely helps because then you can spot when something's a bit different and also you can compare it to everything else that's going on. So you know if it's unique and you know if it's too similar to something else or it's been done already. So do you have a style of comedy that you're a fan of that you tend to do more of, produce more of? Um, well, I didn't actually produce these shows. I was just like assistant producer mm. in Australia. It was actually a company called Dead Man Comedy who had the five, six different shows and I was helping him. But now you're doing you're doing your own show. But now I'm doing my own shows. Yeah, I'm trying to make like a kind of alternative bills rather than just straight stand-ups. So, you know... How the, would you describe alternative for people who maybe aren't in the comedy scene? Uh, okay, so like I would say straight normal stand-up would be like club set comics who just mics, you know, gags back-to-back for like 20 minutes. Alternative would be a like, bit... Maybe like Jimmy um, Carr. Yeah, I guess, guess so. Yeah, like gags. Yeah, yeah, gags. Yeah, you know, set up punchlines, that kind of thing. Um, alternative comics, you know, different, like whether it's musical comedy or sketches or, you know, a bit surreal, a bit weird, a bit crazy. I would say that's alternative. That's your style. So, that's who are your favourite comedians of the moment? 
Well, actually, on this Pickle Boy lineup, but this is my dream lineup. You, can I just say though, Luke, there are no women Do you on know, that lineup. There, there is at all. There is going to be a woman on the night. Actually, do you know Lucy Perman? Yes. You know she dresses up as an egg. Yeah, because <laughs> you love eggs. Because I love eggs. She's gonna so be the only woman on your bill is going to be dressed as an egg. Will people be able to tell she's a woman? I hope so. I, <laughs> it's I've disguised. not seen her dressed as an egg, but um, I mean it's going to be great. But I mean, I'm month, just going to give you a slightly hard time for that. But I know. Hopefully, you'll be booking more women after this. Got Louisa Romiland coming up. Great. There we go. Um, um, so yeah, on this bill. So on this bill, I've got Nick Helm. He's always been my favourite for ages. I was got awesome. Zach and so Vigo. So people might know Nick Helm from um, Uncle, which was a TV show that he's done, and he's done Live at the Apollo and stuff like that. He's quite yeah. kind of alternative and shouty, isn't he? And he yeah. likes a pun. He does, yeah. He's got some bad jokes. I watched his show on Tuesday, actually. It was his 10-year sort of anniversary in the King's Head, downstairs at King's Head, Crouch End. It was great. It was like comedians that he had 10 years ago that he was doing gigs with. And Harry Hill was there as a special guest. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was great. So where's your night on? My night is at the Howling Hops Tank Bar in Hackney Wick. Do you know um, it? Wait, wait, no, no, I've never okay. been. Where, what, Come down. What day? What time? It's on Wednesday the 21st. Uh, show starts at 8pm. So is it going to be a regular weekly thing? Monthly. Monthly. Yeah. It's quite a big room, so I think monthly is good enough to try and... So the Wednesday, the 21st of September is the first one in Hackney Wick. And other than your wonderful gig, which sounds great, obviously, where where would you recommend that people go and find comedy in London? There's and further afield. Further afield, yeah. Um, There's a really good night run by Gaines Family Gift Shop in Goose in Mm -hmm. Backyard Comedy. Suspiciously cheap comedy. It's only a fiver, and they get great lineups. That's Bethnal Green, isn't it? That's Bethnal Green. Yeah. Anywhere else? Um, I like the Comedy Cafe in Shoreditch. Yes. That's pretty nice. There's, if you want to go further afield, there's one called Group Therapy, starting soon. It was run by my mate in Manchester. Um, they just started a new night in Nottingham, which has upset Daryl Martin a lot, actually. Um, but and I think we should you, say just the tonic clubs are great, and you can find them all over the UK. You can, yep. And go and see them in Edinburgh, because they've got great caves. Excellent caves. I've performed in the caves. They're quite drippy. This is at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. The caves is a venue and it is essentially cavey. You know, it's there's. Very cavey. <laughs> it's dark and it drips, but it's very atmospheric and cool. Did you ever do the ghost walk? No, I'm too scared for that. Right, okay. No, actually, I think I did do one. Because the thing I loved about the caves is you can just walk behind them and there's actually secret caves that are not open to the public and you can go in and there's like. A rib cage down the bottom of a well that I think is legit. And a human rib cage? Yeah, because it's where they used to store the dead bodies, like back oh, in the day. My God. And that is where people are doing comedy. That's where people are doing comedy now, yeah. That's where the fun is. It is weird. When you find somewhere where something awful has happened or there's death or something, comedy isn't far away because we need a way to deal with this stuff. Tragedy equals comedy. Exactly. There you go. Baines Plus One. Hoxton Radio. We are live on Hoxton Radio for Baines Plus One. We're also live on Periscope. If you fancy seeing what we look like, me and Luke, say hi, Luke. Hello. <laughs> if you want to see what we look like and what the studio looks like, then head over to Periscope. And just look for me at Samantha Baines, B-A-I-N-E-S, and you can watch what we're doing. Now, Luke, I did say it was time for you to interview me. Yes. So you can ask me anything you like. Okay, Samantha Baines. Yes. Radio presenter, actress, comedian. Yes. Which came first? Actress came first. Actress came first. So I trained at the Central School of Speech and Drama. 
and I was an actress for a while and I kept doing comedy things and that's why I started stand-up comedy. Okay. And then I started the radio. I'm also a journalist. <gasps> Too many things. Are you? Who do you do journalists for? Um, Time Out and The Guardian and Standard Issue and The Pool and The Huffington Post. Wow. What kind of stuff do you write about? Um, all sorts, really. Life, silly things. Okay. I recently wrote about the sexual references in Michelangelo's Sistine Chapel, but made it silly. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> I will check that out. Really fun. Um, sounds great. So how long have you been doing stand-up? I've been doing stand-up for nearly four years. Cool. And how was your first ever gig? My first ever gig. My first ever gig was actually amazing because I did it, and it was a room full of friends and family. So I went oh, down really oh. well, and I left, and I thought, "Oh my god, I've won stand up. <laughs> it's a natural gift. I'm amazing." And then I went and did another gig to strangers, and then I was like, "Oh, this is quite hard. Actually, I'm going to have to work at this a bit." How long was your set? Five minutes. Great. Awesome. Five strong minutes. And now I'm doing our shows. And you just won awards. Yeah, I've won awards and I had a sellout run. Congratulations. That sounds quite good, doesn't it? It's also like quite hard and you have to sit at home writing loads of jokes and then trying that. I tried 10 minutes of new material last night at a gig in Angel. How'd that go? Actually, most of it went quite well. For people listening, if you're not a comedian, it, trying new material is one of the scariest things ever because you've got your tried and tested material that you do that you know people have laughed at on many occasions. And trying new material is like standing in a room in your underwear. It's horrible. You feel really exposed. I actually love going to new material nights. Do you? It's really exciting. Like, especially when comedians have like a list of jokes and it's going through them and it's like... If it works or it doesn't work or it stays in or it doesn't. Yeah, I was literally yeah. crossing things out as I was yeah, <laughs> saying cool. them. But I got some good... I, some ones went down really well, actually. I was very pleased, so I'm going to be trying those. Great. All right, uh, let's move on. So, <laughs> do you like eggs? I'm, well... Well, you are Luke Pickleboy Malloy. For everyone on Periscope, they won't have heard the beginning of the show. Um, he's obsessed with pickled eggs. I... Mm, I've... I don't think I've had a pickled egg ever. Have you not? I don't think I have. Do you know what? As we're on Periscope, let's do this. I brought an egg along with oh me. My... Do you? Oh, yeah, wow. You? Just for, just my for you, My producer's Sam. clapping. You have a pickled egg with you? Check it out. A single egg. It looks horrible. <laughs> I don't know if I want it. Really? Okay, I have to do it now because you've said it live on the radio without... He didn't even and warn me about this. Can I just tell you? That's the pickled egg. He didn't even warn me. Okay, we've got to... Producer Kate, can you take photos of me eating the egg? What's I mean, it pickled in? Uh, this one is it's pickled with malt vinegar and white wine vinegar and I believe some like chillies and other I'm little really bits to give alarmed. us some flavour. I'm Shall I eat it live on the radio? I guess you should. This is the weirdest thing I've ever done on a show. I need like a fork or something to fish it out. I reckon you can just use your fingers. But they're going to... Oh... Oh, there I'm, it is. Oh, my God. I'm pouring vinegary liquid. <laughs> oh, I need something to get it out. Is there a fork around? Is there a fork? I'll say it like a spoon. I should have brought a spoon, There's shouldn't I? There's scissors. <laughs> Kate, are you going to give me scissors <laughs> to fish it out? She's giving me scissors and a serviette. Is this hygienic? No. I'm going to rub the scissors so they're probably clean. And then I'm going to fish. Fi I'm going to stab it. 
Oh, there you go. Oh Look my God, that. it's brown. That's just the vinegar flavoring. Okay, Luke, you have to describe the situation why I'd try and eat the egg. Okay, Ready, so go. she's forked the egg with the scissors. It's going in the mouth. First bite, done. Oh, her face <laughs> looks... I, got, I just got white stuff. As an egg virgin, how is it? It's pickly. It's pickly. It's vinegary. <laughs> I just got the white, which is the worst bit. It's not the worst bit. Wait till you get to the yolk. Oh, yeah. I've gone in for another bite. I like I mean, how you've, like, had a bite of each end. Most people just, like, keep going. <laughs> you mean a bit I'm like a sausage. I'm around the scissors. <laughs> um, Worth it? Was it good? It's tangy. Tangy. Did I say that we're doing a pickled egg world record as well at this comedy night? No, you didn't. Turns out that a world record for eating three eggs back-to-back is 34.5 seconds. And I know... That is fast. It's pretty fast, isn't it? Pickled eggs, though. Yeah, pickled eggs. I had a guy in the pub, like, uh, a few months ago. He ate one egg in 4.3 seconds. 4.3 seconds in one egg. He smashed it. I have to say, I mean, on the radio, you won't be able to see this, but anyone watching on Periscope... Well, no, I'm not a massive fan of pickled eggs. It's just very, it's just like a normal boiled egg that someone's ruined with vinegar. Yeah, well, no, you know, they're good. My producer Kate is crying with laughter. It's a good Um, egg. Do you, I've just got the egg skewered on some scissors now. Luke, do you want to? Take a little bite. Do you, yeah, do you want to finish that off? Yeah, finish it off. Well, You didn't even eat half of it. We'll just sort of enjoy it. Do you want me to finish it? If you want, we'll just have a bit if you want. He you loves it. Look, with your beard and the pickled egg, it just it just goes. Goes hand in hand. I feel like I'm not. Um, Do you I'm, think we should pass it around to your? I'm going to gurgle uh, some water now. Yeah. Does everyone want to try? They're like, I think no. No. Kieran and Kate are producing today. Thank you very much, guys. And they have turned down the pickled egg. No eggs for them. You're missing out. You're still chowing on down. I eat about five of these a day. Are you joking? No. Because I spend a lot of time in the pub and it's like lunch, breakfast. I've so, got a t-shirt with an egg on. They're so, oh, you do have a t-shirt with a pickled egg on it. Someone sent me this. I didn't even ask for it. It's they're, handmade. They made it themselves. They're so tangy. That's delicious. I don't know what is your that, issue is. That's a good egg. I just feel like... I vouch for this egg. You're a good egg. Exactly. I just feel like a normal boiled egg is fine. Mm, without the But I don't last pickle. as long. It's preservative but to me, well. all that tastes of is vinegar. Okay. Can you taste other things? <laughs> No, not really. There's no. a lot of vinegar in this okay. one. Do you think it was just the shock? What do you mean? That means I can just taste vinegar. Because it does. there is a chilli in there. In the glass, in the jar. Anyway, I'll let you finish the egg and we'll go to an ad break so I can gurgle some water. But thank you very much, Luke Picklepoy Malloy, <laughs> for my welcome. first pickled egg experience. <laughs> Keep it Hoxton Radio. You never know, there might be more eggs. Baines Plus. One. That's right, it's Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines, and my special guest, Luke Pickleboy Malloy. Hello. Now, we are live on Periscope. If you want to join us, head over to me, my Periscope, at Samantha Baines, B-A-I-N-E-S. I've tweeted a link as well, so you can click through from Twitter. Now, we have Dr. Kim, who's watching on Periscope, and I asked Dr. Kim in America... Could you pickle an egg in urine? And they said no, because there's not enough salt in urine. Are you pleased, Luke, that we got that information? Because you're obsessed with pickling. Yeah, I'm quite pleased. I'm glad no one's going to start doing that. Yeah, don't. I mean, don't. could ruin the egg scene. If you're listening at home, do not pickle an egg in your urine. It won't work. 
Dr Kim says. Now, it's time for the news. Now, as you know, Baines Plus One, we don't really do the normal news. We do the comedy alternative news. And Luke, you said you like alternative comedy. Yes, I do. So you'll like this brand of news. Now, Luke Benoit, can we have the headlines? Here we go. Paralympian swimmers are feeling a bit yellow, but in a good way. Stardust Cloud gives birth to Giant Planet, and it's nothing to do with the Kardashians. London's phone boxes are being transformed into tiny offices. Dustbuster, more like Crime Buster. Now you can prove your boss is a psycho. Those are the headlines. Oh, sorry. It's Pussy Galore at Clapham Common Tube Station. Those are the headlines. <laughs> there was one extra. We've gone for a bumper headline package today. So let's start off with Paralympian swimmers are feeling a bit yellow, but in a good way. So this is two of Singapore's Paralympic medal winners have been immortalised as toy figures. Um, I'm not going to try and pronounce the names because I'll get them wrong and I'll offend them, I'm sure. But there's a double gold medal holder and um, a lovely lady, Teresa, who won her first medal in Rio this week after attending four Paralympics. And they've done a post on the official page. It drew more than 3,000 reactions. And Lego praised the women's achievements in Rio. They said, congratulations for bringing pride to Singapore. Your accomplishments have inspired us all. And they made Lego toy figures of them. Wow. I want to be immortalised in Lego, Luke. I would love to. That'd be great. Are they for sale or they just made one just for that person? I'm not sure, actually. We'll We'll look it up. Should we buy them? Yes. <laughs> Live on air. Um, I'd love to be made a Lego. I'm getting married soon. And an idea from my husband was that we, instead of, you know, the two little figures on top of the wedding cake, we'd make ourselves in Lego. <laughs> but Lego figures yeah, really on top cute. of the wedding cake. But I, I feel like it's slightly random because we're not, like, particularly Lego fans. I feel like you've got the right hair for Lego. Do you think? Yeah, because it's kind of like a bob, isn't it? You're calling what... my hair Lego hair? Think, you, is he insulting my hair live on the radio? No, I'm not going to be in. I like that. They don't really do curly hair, though, Lego figures. Exactly. It's straight or nothing. There's not enough hair diversity in Lego. Mm, I think you've. I think you hit on something there. I think we should contact Lego ASAP. If anyone from Lego is listening or watching on Periscope, can't tweet me. Next up, Stardust Cloud gives birth to a giant planet and it's nothing to do with the Kardashians. So astronomers, I love this, you see, because I do science comedy. Astronomers, oh, I said it wrong. Astronomers, <laughs> it's the pickled egg is having an effect on my mouth. <laughs> the astronomers have discovered signs of a baby planet developing around another star. So they've used an array of radio telescopes in Chile to close in on a nascent planetary system lying 176 light years from Earth. That is pretty far away, but quite nearby in astronomy terms. The forming planet is thought to be an ice giant similar to Uranus or Neptune in our solar system. We're discovering a new planet. That's amazing. Do you think I can name it? Do you think they'll let me name the planet? What would you name a planet, Luke? Top planet names. Uranus is taken. Yeah, I'd probably just call it an egg. You stick call with the it, eggs. yeah, pickled egg. <laughs> a good egg. Pickled egg planet, and it's an ice, it's an ice giant, so it, they'd stay fresh. Is that still a planet if it's made of ice? Yeah, just has to be like a body. Right. Okay. That's bigger in a star. That's not like a. It can, yeah, interesting. Yeah. 
So I'll tell you about that. Planets are formed of dust and gas. These are things I, are things I learned when I learned about science for my show. London phone boxes are being transformed into tiny offices. I love this, and I would totally use these. So earlier this month, a New York company, Podworks, launched its first office space opposite Senate House in Russell Square. And the idea is to give uh, these kind of defunct telephone boxes a new lease of life. So apparently you pay 25 quid, and then you're a Podworks member, and you get a unique PIN number that gives you access to any of the pods which have loads of facilities so although you wouldn't really be able to have a meeting in there because it's quite small it's a telephone box but your membership includes free internet access a 25 inch screen scanning printing via wi-fi on AirPrint, and free calls to uk numbers and all pods had cctv and an emergency unlock facility and they're checked and cleaned daily how cool is that if you're just hanging around in London and you need to send a few emails, you could just pop into a telephone box and just have a little browse on the internet. That does sound amazing, doesn't it? Would you use it? You would, wouldn't you? Would I mean, you schedule uh, your comedy nights from a phone box? If I had to, I would. We could do a podcast from a phone box. That would be cool. You can have different people in different phone boxes and just... All chatting to each other. All chatting. Should we make it happen? And you could just... I love watching people. Do you like it, Luke? I quite like it. And it, in the phone box, you, it's just all windows, isn't it? I'd just pay to sit in there and have a little watch of people. <laughs> Get a little cup of tea. It'd be nice. Um, Dustbuster, more like crime buster. So this is a wannabe thief brandishing a baseball bat entered a chemist in Derby in the UK earlier this month and he was hoping to steal the cash from the till but he wasn't expecting to be thwarted by a staff member wielding Henry vacuum cleaner <laughs> so if you don't know this is an amazing vacuum cleaner that looks like a little person and it's like red and it's got eyes so CCTV footage shows the moment the robber came into the store. It was about 11.20pm in September. They demanded the staff hand over the cash. But the uh, the worker and the chemist who was cleaning the store, they used the vacuum cleaner, cleaner to keel, keep the thug at bay. That's amazing. Although, what did they do? Just kind of suck. Have you ever done that thing <laughs> where you put the vacuum cleaner to your arm and it just sucks your skin a little bit? Yeah. It's not very scary, isn't it? I suppose you could hit them with it. It's quite funny because... It Hen works. Henry's a happy little hoover as well. Henry's so happy. It doesn't look like he wants to get into fights. He'd be like, ah, oh, no. Yeah. Although, if it is protecting the store from robbery, then it is a good thing. Do you think they just used the, the stick bit or Henry's body? Oh, yeah, because Henry is quite a heavy hoover, actually. Yeah. So you could just throw the hoover at the person. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it as something people should do at home, but... It's a lovely little story that the chemist wasn't robbed. Also, actually, why is a chemist open at 11.20pm? Yeah, I wonder if it was open or if they were just cleaning it late at night and then the person broke in. That would make more sense. Yeah. Although 24-hour chemists do exist. Boots. In Derby? Maybe not in Derby. Now, can you prove your... Now you can prove your boss is a psycho. I'm thrilled by this because um, uh, I'm sure the Hoxton radio boss is listening and he's a bit of a psycho. No, he's not. He's lovely. Um, an Australian study has found that one in five corporate executives are psychopaths. That is roughly the same rate as among prisoners. So it was a study of 261 senior professionals in the United States found that 21% had clinically significant levels of psychopath traits. 
So the rate of, of the rate in general, and the rate in the general population is one in a hundred. This was 21% in corporate executives. Wow. The person who conducted the study said that the recruiters tend to focus on skills rather than personality features, and this led to firms hiring successful psychopaths who may engage in unethical and illegal practices or have a toxic impact on colleagues. Doesn't sound like a nice place to work. Do you think the UK is the same, Luke? Yes. Do you think people are psychopaths in the... More so or less than the US? Probably less than the US. Are we calling the US? The US definitely has more psychopaths. Definitely. Sorry to anyone from the US watching on Periscope. And finally, it's Pussy Galore at Clapham Common Tube Station. This is my favourite story from the week. A London underground station has been taken over by cats. So all the adverts on the underground have been replaced with pictures of cats. So this was 700 people helped the Citizens Advertising Takeover Service um, raise £23,000 to buy advertising space at Clapham Common Station. So the cats will appear on advertising boards for the next two weeks, started on the 12th of September. And the aim is to provide a relaxing, fun and light-hearted space-free. And it's free from commercial adverts. Did you like that? I kind of feel like we could have spent £23,000 That's what I'm thinking, for two more effectively. weeks. I mean, it's great. It's awesome. Like, seeing all those cats on the posters, brilliant. But, yeah, twenty three grand for two weeks of advertising. What could you do with twenty three grand? So many. You could, could go on an amazing holiday. You could buy a boat and then just let Londoners on the boat, like on the Thames, yeah. to have a nice time. And I feel like that would be more relaxing than just seeing some cats on your journey to work. Exactly. I mean, I like it as a publicity stunt, but... 23 grand. What do you reckon? If you've got any comments, if you... How, how would you spend £23,000? Uh, let us know via Periscope, or you can tweet me at Samantha Baines, B-A-I-N-E-S, and at Hoxton Radio as well. Baines Plus One. Hoxton Radio. It's Baines Plus One on Hoxton Radio with me, Samantha Baines, and it is time for Poem of the Week. Oh, I did. I kind of did the the voice quite well there. Did you like it, Luke? It was great. Do you want to have a go? Poem of the week. Poem of the week. Oh, I like yours. Mm. It was more, it's kind of subtler. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Have you written me a poem, Luke? Uh, I'm still working on it. (laughs) (laughs) Have you started it? No. Yeah, have you ever written a poem before, Luke? I've never written a poem. It's not my forte. Because sometimes my guests write poems for me. Really? Yeah. Unbelievable. But, you, th- but they're comedians and performers. Exactly. I'm Is sorry. Sorry. For putting you in this position. Have you ever promoted a poetry night? Uh, no, I haven't. <laughs> You're saying it like, no, why would I? People do poetry nights. Do you go to poetry nights? Um, no, but one of my friends is a brilliant poet, really? and I've met spoken word artists, and there's really cool like events where people do spoken word and poetry. Yeah, cool. And I had a poetry slam world champion on my show. Who was that? I got, I got a great guy. Okay. The only poets I know is Kate Tempest. Yes. And very good. John Cooper Clark. Oh, I don't know him. 
like him. He's great. He's old school. What about Betjeman? Did you learn Betjeman when you were at school? No. My school was pretty bad. They didn't really teach us much. Okay. <laughs> well, we learned poetry from Betjeman. My poem's a bit different. They're a bit silly. So this week, I've written one about the news story about the Science Museum having a slightly sexist exhibit. It's called, Is My Brain Pink? The Science Museum in London is in the press over an exhibit that's been causing the marketing team a lot of stress. You see, they have a game with a brain, which is smearing a sexist stain. They've coloured the brain pink and blue, separating the differences between me and you into male and female a la blue and pink, and it's causing quite a stink. You're tested as to whether your brain is more typically like a lady or a man, but can brains scientifically have a gender? Nope. Don't think they can. It's been called junk science and outdated, but it's for education, so of course it's been slated. And surely all of our brains are fleshy and pink. They can feel a bit blue sometimes. Wink, wink. Can gender be symbolised as a colour anymore? Pink is like a bit of skin that's sore. Blue is like someone who's cold. No, I'm not sold. The thing that represents my gene is a lovely greeny aquamarine. Why not? It's my poem of the week. That was lovely. There you go. Sold. That's why I aim for them to be. I don't aim for comedy, I aim for lovely. Good. Yeah, <laughs> Luke, we just had a really intense moment of like post poetry eye contact. I'm just speechless. I'm overwhelmed. Did, are you, are you wowed it? by my poetry talent? Did you write that? I wrote it. Oh, I didn't know you wrote it. Oh, yeah, I wrote I thought it. people send you in poems. Oh, no, I wrote it on the train here. That was brilliant. Oh, do you like it more now? I wrote it. <laughs> Um, Inspired. Yeah, every morning before Baines Plus One, I um, do my makeup on the train and I write a poem about a new story to keep my poetry juices flowing. I mean, if people want to send me their poems, that'd be amazing. You should get people to send you poems. Well, you won't even write me one and you're the guest on the show. How can I expect the lovely listeners to write me poems? Well, maybe there's poetry fans out there. If you want to write me a poem, please do. Tweet it at me. And if you need more room, you can Facebook it at me, facebook.com forward slash Samantha Baines, B-A-I-N-E-S. Did you enjoy the poetry segment, Luke? Luke Malloy? Yes, it was one of my favourites. Do you want to try and do an improvised poem? An improvised poem? Okay, no. No, um, definitely not. <laughs> Baines Plus One, Hoxton Radio. It is Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines, and the wonderful Luke Pickleboy Malloy has huh? been my guest. Hello. He's having a little stretch out. <laughs> it's getting quite hot in the studio, isn't it? It is really hot in here. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been great. No, thanks for having me, actually. I'm very excited. Actually, yeah. you didn't expect it. Uh, I was a bit nervous when it was two hours, because I thought <laughs> I was just going to get a little 10-minute spot, but going through the news and talking no, about I cats. No, I like to get to know people. It's great. Do you feel like you know me better now? Yeah, I feel like we've experienced a lot together. My first pickled egg. That was exciting. Your S-Club fandom. Yep. That was a shock and an exciting moment also. Make sure you go home and listen to that track. Track seven of the first album. I think it's track seven. I really hope it is. I don't think I don't really have CDs anymore. Does Spotify. anyone have CDs? It's still on Spotify. Yeah, Spotify. Okay. Spotify, What's it called again? Bring the house down. Bring the house down. I just keep thinking, bring it on back to you. Yeah, that's the classic. You'll you'll be horrified to learn we don't have an ES Club 7 on the system at Hoxton Radio. It's been banned. Banned? Well, it's not been. Well, effectively, yeah, because we don't have any. Otherwise, I'd play some in your honour. 
Can you not request it? Don't stop falling in love. I'll just sing it. Anything you've been thinking of, when the world seems to get too tough, bring it all back to you. Bring Join in. I'm imagining everyone at home just singing along. Having a great time. Or switching off because they hate us. Uh, now, comedy promoter, producer, yes. Luke. Tell us about your gig again, your very exciting new show happening very soon in Hackney. Brand new show. It's super exciting. Um, so, yeah, it's just bringing craft beer is a big part of it. Uh, is it? it well, it's in a brewery. Oh, it's wow, like, I didn't know that. Yeah, so it's part of a brewery. So it's a tank bar, so the beer comes straight out of tanks. It's the first UK's dedicated tank bar. How Does that make it better if it comes... I don't know much about beer. Yeah, it just means it's fresh. So Ooh. it hasn't been, you know, like bottled transported fresh left to go beer. straight out of the tank mm. so it's super fresh uh, great comedy lineups pickled eggs good ones coming up and pickled eggs and pickled egg world records yes that's yeah. very exciting it's pretty exciting we've got the pickled the lady who supplies the eggs she's donating all the eggs for the records <gasps> so she's coming down from Gloucestershire you get all the perks I really do it's a crazy <laughs> life you should have come up with something like, oh, eat as much caviar as you can very quickly. And then you could have been the caviar man and then you'd get loads of free caviar. I prefer the eggs. Do you? Pickled eggs, yeah. Yeah, but then you could just sell the caviar and you can make more money. That's true. Well, if this goes wrong, then that's what I'll move on to okay. next. It's caviar. Great. We'll set up a business together. Always I'm work. always thinking about your welfare, Luke. Thanks, Sam. Um, I'm excited about the eggs, though. So uh, remind us again where we can come and see it. Uh, you can come and see it at Howling Hops Tank Bar in Hackney Wick, which is next door to Crate on the Canal. On Wednesday? Wednesday, the 21st September. Boom. Still tickets available. Get them from pickleboy.co.uk. That's very exciting as well, because you've got Nick Helm from the telly, Dane Baptiste from the telly. I'm in his new show called Sunny D that's coming up very soon on BBC Three. Who else you got? Uh, Zach and Bingo. You heard of those guys? Yes. Did you go and see No, not this year. Okay. But I think we've gigged together or something before. Yeah, right. And um, Phil Ellis. Phil Ellis from Funs and Games. Yeah. Yes, and he's a very good comedian as well. So it sounds very fun. And Luke has promised me that he will have women on the bill next time. Coming up, Louisa Ormelin. Woo! Next month. She's very good as well. Um, thank you so much for joining me. Right, thank now, you. Thanks for having me. last couple of questions before you go. Go for it. Because, you know, I am interviewing you. You are my guest. Well, who is the most famous person that you have been involved with comedy-wise, like promoted or produced or been involved with the gig of? There was some good ones at Just The Tonic, because I've started up on my own at the moment, you know, I need to start booking, but when I was working with Just The Tonic, booked some awesome people. Probably my most favorite gig was John Cooper Clark. I know you said you didn't know who he was, but he he was amazing. He's like, he's old now. You know, <laughs> he's really old. He gets his he's own radio show on. BBC Six, he does like sessions. Oh, wow. He, he I mean, maybe I do know him from the radio, yeah, but like, not from gigging. He was known as like a punk poet. So he used to open up for like the Sex Pistols and a Clash back in the day. Wow. And his poems, yeah, brilliant. So like working with him was great. And his manager used to be the tour manager for the Clash, Johnny Green. And they were just so old school, like, you know, like gangster almost. It was great. Wow. Yeah. Were you scared? I was quite scared, yeah. <laughs> Booking them. Please do my gig, thank you. Mm, any funny stories? Because weird things must happen at comedy gigs, right? Weird things have happened to me. I had a moth in my Edinburgh show, which completely upstaged me. Really? Just flew in at the end. And obviously it was drawn to all the stage lights. So it was just flying around. And everyone was just looking at this moth because obviously it's quite distracting. Oh, God. So I made a couple of jokes about the moth and then uh -huh. we all had a laugh about it. But then the moth was still there. Just didn't go. So we all just watched a moth for a while. That's great. <laughs> I've got a... Do you know Tony Law? 
Yes. I'm guessing you do. Yeah. Um, we had him on a gig in the caves, the big cave, the comedy club. Mm -hmm. And he said he could only come if he could bring his dog. And Daryl had agreed this, and Daryl wasn't there at the time. But his dog was like the size of a wolf. And it had to stay with him. So he took it on the stage with him, this oh like wolf-sized dog. And everyone's like, and the dog wanted to leave him. So he's like, I'm just going to let the dog go. So he let the dog go. And then the dog just started roaming around the room like getting up on people's lap. It turns out there was a woman in the crowd. Getting who's... on people's laps? Yeah, there was a woman who had a dog allergy as well. And she was like stuck in the crowd. So like when the show was over, like her husband was furious. Oh my goodness. And was just shouting at me and she was almost like throwing up and stuff. And I was just like, oh, like, you know, I didn't see that coming. Who throws up with a dog allergy? Is that a thing or was she just scared? I don't know. I don't was it a really bad allergy? Oh my gosh! Yeah, it was pretty... You could have had some serious. I know. Uh, yeah. Lawsuits. Well, luckily, we got away with it. But that was probably the craziest thing that I've seen happen. A wolf just climbing on the audience lap. Yeah, I once saw a Johnny Vegas kiss a cockle man. That was pretty exciting. What's a cockle man? So a man who sells cockles. Oh, this is a thing I did in the past. Yeah, we had a cockle man in Nottingham. He goes round selling like whelks and prawns. But he's been yeah. doing it for 50 years in a basket, going from like pubs and stuff, but he used to come in the club. Wow. Um, during the gig? During, uh, in the interval. Um, but in the interval in Nottingham, you get to buy cockles and whelks. From the that cockle is man. unlike any other comedy. <laughs> Normally you just buy like crisps or pork scratchings. Yeah, no, wow. and whelks. Uh, and Johnny Fangus was a big fan, so then the cockle man came in in drag, dressed as a woman. Didn't tell anyone he was going to do this. He just did it for fun. Still selling cockles. Still selling cockles mm -hmm. in drag, old man. And then got on stage. And then obviously everyone was just like, kiss, kiss, kiss. And then we had to watch Johnny Vegas and the Cockle Man kiss on stage. Why did everyone chant kiss? You said obviously. I don't... I don't well, he's dressed as a woman and Johnny's a man. And it, it seems... And Johnny and had his top Obviously when well. women and men are together, they just kiss. So that's... On stage. <laughs> yeah. In front of a live crowd. And Johnny had his top off. Yeah, he, he was pretty sweaty and pretty angry. And were, um, the fi were the cockles in the... Was the shellfish in the equation or...? I don't think they got involved. I think he had them in his baskets still. Okay, but there yeah. wasn't a sort of passing from... No. Man to man. But we tried getting that cockle man freedom of the sea once as well. What's that? It's like a, it's like a, the highest honour you can bestow upon one of your citizens. So wow. like Torval and Dean have got it. Uh, Boots, the guy who started Boots, you know, chemist got it. And then we tried doing it for the cockle man just because he'd been doing it for 50 years and everyone loved him. Wow. Is this just a Nottingham thing? Yeah, you can check it out on Facebook. If you type in uh, the cockle man freedom of the city, he's I got like two and a half thousand likes. I want freedom of the city of Bromley. That's where I grew up. Is Bromley a city? No. Okay. Good point. Um, thank you very much to my guest, Luke Pickleboy Malloy. Woo! Not only did me. he teach me about cities, but he helped me eat a pickled egg for the first time, and he had great comedy chat. I'm very excited about your gig, Luke. I'm gonna Are you coming along. Hopefully, come along. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. Let's book you Check in the future. It out. Yes. Let's get you on there. Yes. See, this is why I have people on the show just so I can force them into giving me employment. Um, no, Luke, thank you so, so much for joining me. I'll be back next Thursday, 12 till 2. I'm back now. This is happening. This is how radio works. I'm here every week. It's going to be great. I've got more brilliant comedians for you, actors from the world of TV and film, and we're starting to get some more behind-the-scenes people as well, so more promoters and producers and things like that from the interesting world of comedy and radio and TV and film. I'm very excited. Have an absolutely lovely week. I've been Samantha Baines. Goodbye.
You're listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines. The show is originally recorded on Hoxton Radio, and this podcast is sponsored by Penguin in the Room, award-winning marketing for the arts. Just go to www.penguinintheroom.com for more info. I'll see you next week with another glorious guest. Ta-ra!